Welcome to Secret Lives of Expanders. This is where we get to meet and learn from those who have done things outside the box. The idea is to introduce you to entrepreneurs, creators, healers who have done really wild things. And this episode is with a friend of mine, Dan Mangana. If you're in Elevate Club, Dan and I did a session on how to generate sexy money. And what I mean by sexy money is how to become a vibrational match for the kind of money that flows to you. And if this sounds juicy to you, this is the kind of stuff we teach inside of Elevate Club. And uh, you can just connect with me and reach out to me about this. Now, in this week's episode with Dan, he shared about his journey from being a successful entrepreneur who was deep in really dark depression and uh, to a point where he wanted to end his life and all the way to finding gratitude, abundance, and most importantly, starts to take radical responsibility in the midst of depression. One of the things that stood out in this conversation with Dan is uh, we talked about the difference between being positive and being in gratitude. And there is a big frequency difference between being positive and being in gratitude. This was really good because it's one of those things I teach inside of Elevate Club all the time. The energy and frequency of being positive in a neutral or even a negative situation is just wildly different than sitting in gratitude. And being in gratitude genuinely and authentically is exactly how you receive more. These are the kinds of things we teach inside of Elevate Club, plus a whole bunch of success principles that help you grow and build your business and your life. So if you are inspired, you can reach out to me about joining Elevate Club or go to elevate.me. That's www.elevate, E-L-I-V-A-T-E dot me. Uh, meanwhile, enjoy this episode. Dan is an incredible human being, a very successful entrepreneur and just an amazing friend. As always, again, enjoy this episode, subscribe, connect and tune in for future episodes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Secret Lives of Expanders. And today I am so excited because I've got a friend of mine on here. Um, if you're part of Elevate Club, he was in there uh, for one of the sessions. Sexy buddy. Sexy money. <laughs> and you crushed it. You crushed it. And uh, ever since then, I've been using sexy money all over. The- <laughs> you coined it if you if you didn't know. And um, yeah, Dan has been a friend of mine. We met up in Rome. We maybe meeting up in Cabo, (laughs) everywhere except for where we live. (laughs) Dan uh, Mangana is a successful entrepreneur, best-selling author, podcast host of Do It With Dan and Beyond Success, a life and business transformation coach. He is an international public speaker and an incredible one at that. Um, He is also known for programs and content that takes clients and students to the next level in their life and their business. 
has helped thousands of people featured on CNN, CBS, Fox, um, Jack Canfield show, Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine. I mean, he's been basically all over the place and you're going to learn stuff today. That's that's your bio right there. That's there. That's there. You're going to learn. You're going to learn today. That's the, <laughs> that's the bio. <laughs> We're going to, Dan's going <laughs> to drop some gems in here. That's the expectation. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll see to live up to that. Yeah. Yeah. I know you will. So, uh, I Okay, here's what I want to know, because you and I have chatted. I know a little bit about your story. You're more than welcome to go into it because uh, the audience, this podcast of Expanders, they don't know you unless they've been in Elevator or other places. Um, what I would love to know is what was the, maybe share a bit of your story. And then uh, what was the pivotal moment? Like talk about a pivotal moment that turned everything around for you. I mean, you amazing incredible things continue to do so but i want to know like what was pivotal was was Mm -hmm. a moment you could describe what comes to mind i've got a couple of pivotal moments so for those who aren't familiar i i i describe my life as being like a trilogy and i'm in book three now um there may be a reboot who knows after this one but this one started the 13th of february 2018 i was a dr joe Dispenza event in santa fe new mexico it was, uh, I've been doing his work for a few years up until then, but this was the first, this was the first year he started doing seven day long. They used to be four day for the advanced retreats and two days for the progressives before. And I've done a few of both of those. So I've come to his first seven day workshop and um, the girlfriend I was with at the time was getting very disconcerted that I was running off from England to go to America every few weeks, disappearing and coming back with a lot of people who I was up in the evening at night saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. And so she's like, I want to know what's going on here. So I'm, I'm coming along to see what's going on. And so for those of who are unfamiliar with Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, we have sessions and then you have a break and then you have a session, you have a break and you go in these deep transcendental meditations. And normally you need some time to ground and to like, you know, reconnect to yourself but she was like waiting at the door after every session and like wanted to like squirrel away and watch who I was talking to and come at lunch and see what the thing, because she was on an investigation. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really get a chance to drop in over the course of that week, which was annoying for me because I'd flown all the way from London to Santa Fe and all the things and been there for the seven days. So it's the day after the event Mm -hmm. and the morning after normal practice people go out and do their final walking meditation before they'll leave out so it's six something stupid in the morning santa fe new mexico february so it was not mexico it wasn't santa fe california it was santa fe new mexico which means i had two pairs of socks on long johns thermal vest earmuffs hot pockets in thermal gloves all of the things doing this walking meditation, no expectation. And there in the middle of the meditation, I had this boom, three-dimensional full virtual reality experience of what my life would look like if I stopped saying wait on the mission that I'd been invited to for about a year and a half up until that point. Mm-hmm. So to that was the point of book three. I closed the business I had committed to doing the work I do now, and I've been doing it ever since. That was That was it. So book two, goes back to March 2008, when having lost everything for the second time, I fell into a very deep, dark pit of suicidal ideation and ended up working through that for the next few years. And I'd gotten to the point by 2018 where 
my life was working okay like i had a house i loved i had a tailor that i loved i had watch collection that i loved i had travel experiences that i loved i had a very small network of people that i loved i was great relationship everything was working and this nudge that kept coming for the year and a half maybe two years up into that point of hey you should be like sharing some of this journey that you've had with people i'm like fudge that like my life works now i'm not bringing in anything into this mix and so i would say it was very pivotal for me to have that decision to step step into the work but march when i had the point which actually took me into the darkness that led me up into having the work was also pivotal so the two i think work very much together for me yeah. okay yeah. so this message because i think this will sit in with a lot of people this message this uh, whether i don't know how you would describe it like uh intuition gut feeling you know different people describe it differently so you had it for by the time you showed up at joe dispenza you've had it for a year and a half at least maybe two years even maybe two years what about like in childhood w- were there pieces of this w- which we're going to talk about like the end it just literally started a couple of years prior to that so this is the thing i you know when people talk about purpose this is why i laugh because i've had very very clear defined no hands down nothing wrong about it clear thing on what my purpose has been and that shifted at different times. Interesting. Okay. And so up until up until Joe Dispenza, up until two years prior to Joe Dispenza, I forget the years, but up until then, you were like, I'm on purpose, I'm doing the things, blah, 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 working. And then two years into it, it's like, oh, something's oh. missing or whatever. And then Joe Dispenza. And this is the funny thing, it's not even that something was missing. And I think that's one of the reasons why it was challenging for me to look at the prospect of changing what I was doing. I wasn't like in some dead end corporate job that was sucking my soul or in a business that I felt empty. I didn't feel, I was happy. I didn't feel empty. I didn't feel purposeless. And that's why the experience at the event was so powerful because it showed me that no matter how happy and full you are, there's something more that's available. It's like I felt complete. And then it's like, but there's something over and above that. And that's what I was like, oh, if life is good now, it's going to blow up. And that's why, that's what I jumped into. Ah, that's so good because you're right. Mm. Most people are looking for like something is missing in order to make a shift, but it doesn't yeah. have to be missing. As a matter of fact, I think that more transformation will probably come when you are satisfied. Like, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed Milet calls it, uh, what does he call it? Blissful dissatisfaction. Or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that? I heard him say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then what is this purpose that, that began? Uh, at Joe Dispenza? Well, the thing that really came through, and this was what this is what it really was, it's that number one, there was a couple of point pieces to it. Number one, I had learned to be positive thinking, had the positive thinking down. Everything that I'd gone through, I saw the positives in it or whatever. But there's a difference between seeing the positive for something and being truly grateful for it. Mm, yeah. There's, and it, it feels subtle, but it's very, very powerful because it was like, I'm glad it happened. It's like the difference between I'm glad it happened and I'm okay that it happened. I can deal with the fact that it happened. Mm. And so that was a big one for me internally. But then the other thing was, is that everything that had led up to that moment gave me something that I could share as a gift with others, not because I needed to be seen or I needed to be known. I didn't want to come and do this thing. I didn't do this because I had like an ego chip or whatever the thing was. I genuinely, genuinely knew deep in my soul that I had something of contribution to mm. the world as a result of what I'd been through. Mm. And then I went off to go and share that. 
That's amazing. I love what you said. I wrote it down, like the difference, the subtle difference. And I think if you think about it from an energetic perspective too, because I've been in the self help industry or whatever. I've been reading books on creative visualization, positive thinking, blah, 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 since I was 12 years old. So, but it's very subtle, the difference between seeing a situation as, oh yeah, everything's happening for me. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. positively about it, all the things versus a way to say, like I am sitting in freaking gratitude. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's subtle, but it's actually pretty magnificent. And that's the difference. And that was the difference for me. Okay. Okay. And so, um, give me like the pieces of the puzzle and what did you end up um, sharing? Cause I know, you know, we, we mentioned sexy money at the beginning. <laughs> you focus on abundance of money. And as yeah. a matter of fact, um, this might not come out timely enough for, for the audience to attend your workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have something coming up and you have co- continuously do workshops and things on this particular topic. So give me the pieces of the puzzle that, brought you know brought out who you who you are and what you do now so on that journey you know coming out of the dark place uh, it was funny because gallows humor funny i didn't come out of the dark place deliberately i came out of it accidentally because my intention was actually to stay in the dark place right, right. but you know going back over everything that i've been reading and studying in order to find out what had gone wrong with what i was working on mm-hmm. um it, it it i mean you can't pummel yourself with a particular quality of input and not have an output that matches it is the long story short Mm -hmm. if you're continually around negative people and you're only around negative people having negative conversations in negative environments you're going to have negative outputs i'd gone deeply into the positive regardless of what the intention was i'd gone so deeply into positive inputs that i ended up having positive outputs and i ended up backtracking that because i remember I never, there was no point that I, I woke up and said, oh, I'm happy today. I don't feel suicidal anymore. It was five years later, six years later, about six, six and a half years later, I just got back from a trip to Thailand with my cousin. We had an amazing time. It was my first sort of like lads trip, you know, you know backpacking through Thailand, guide to the islands or whatever. And uh, my business that I had at the time, uh, I'd taken one 10 minute call the entire time that I was away for two weeks and my business continued to be successful. I got back, I had a beautiful home in North London. Um, everything was just working, like everything was working. And I looked at life and I was like, life works. And I haven't thought that dark, those dark thoughts. And I couldn't remember the last time I'd had a dark thought. And that's what kind of nudged me to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But hang on a minute. I set off on a particular intention here, where's the change? What what phases had I gone through? And I'd been tracking, as I'd been going through to work out what had gone wrong with my positive stuff that I'd done before, I'd been mapping things out and it didn't have a name, but there were these kind of areas that were kind of like mapped out. Gratitude was one of them, but gratitude before the fact and being able to be to, 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 to be in silence and listen and to, to be in tune with yourself and recognizing that I have to practically take steps to be present, which means I need to keep healing and keeping, you know, letting go of things. But there was one piece that was missing and that piece really came to me in that moment. It's that when I sat in there with myself in 2008, and said, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and and commit suicide. I just need to get this done. Mm. And I was going through the the ways I could. And I ended up realizing that I didn't really have a way that I trusted and so on and so forth. Looking back at that whole conversation, playing it back, I realized, oh my God, in that moment, I realized that I'm the only person I can rely on in order to get this done. 
in the depth of that darkness, the apparition of the truth that we and we alone are the author and creator of our circumstances, regardless of who we want to blame or who we want to apportion things to. It has to be us. And that was it. And that, that expanded into common denominator theory, which ex- expanded into what became the foundation of my Beyond Intention paradigm, which is what I taught for the, the first few years of, of me working with people. It's I'm the author and creator of my life. Everything that's happened up till now happened as a cause, as, as an effect of causations that started with me, energetically, mentally, and or physically. And everything that's going to come into my life going forward is going to be the effect of the causation that comes from me, energetically, mentally, and or physically. Wow. That's powerful. It's, I have never heard a story in which the depth of pain would bring out radical responsibility. And it didn't do it at the time. It it was when I look back at it later. Right. Right. Yeah. But you're, but you are understanding like, yeah. Like even if I was going to commit suicide, I need me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. That's it. That's it. And wow. and there's just so much power that comes back when we stop looking outside of ourselves really? and realize how much is available internally. Mm-hmm. And that's not always a clean process. In fact, it's often very ugly because it means you can't blame your mom anymore, right? right? You can't blame your ex. You can't blame the divine. You can't blame the devil. You can't blame the president. It's like it's on you. Radical responsibility. Radical responsibility. Okay. So um, you go through this journey. You you kind of accidentally, how you described it, get out of that deep place. You have this recognition later about what had been happening and some other things open up for you in terms of um, how things had happened. And then what? Then there comes a point where you have to, I would assume in this process, you're having to say no to a lot of things that were quote unquote working. You had to drop a lot of things. You had to get uncomfortable. You had to remove like, because I think a lot of transformation, people think if I do more things, but it sounds like you were at a place where you had to let go of a good life Mm -hmm. in order to have an outstanding grand and I think this is why my whole Jonah and the whale, for those who are familiar with the story from the Bible, why my Jonah and the whale story was so funny, because I, like you mentioned before, was it a gut? Was it just, I was literally getting told outright, like the divine was sending people to tell me literally almost on a daily basis. Oh my God, you should be doing this. Oh my God. Why are you doing that? I didn't have any like corner to hide behind and pretend that I didn't know what I was being called to do. Okay. So it was like, it was very, very clear. And so when I got to that point where I came out of that meditation and I'm like, oh my God, this is what I'm going to do. It didn't feel like I was letting go. It felt like I was taking a hold of something. Okay. Gotcha. So I didn't feel like I was sacrificing. I was like excited to make those leaps into what I got to do. And so, you know, packing up business that had seven figures on the table available for me to cash out from if I'd finished certain projects and stuff and just walking away from them. Right. It didn't feel like anything to walk away no. from. Walked away. I had like a couple hundred grand in the bank. I'm like, I'm going to make it work. And I literally was on my own dime flying around the world, sharing yeah. this message with people, begging people to come and sit in my room for free and hear what I had to say. And that was happening for months. And then what happened was 
over time, people started saying, hey, I'm going to fly you here. I'm go- I've got 100 people in the room. I've got 200 people in the room. Can you come and do the thing? Uh, and then I, I read Michael Singer's book, The Surrender Experiment, around that time. And I actually ended up doing the surrender that summer of 2018. I actually did my own surrender experiment exactly. where I literally, I didn't make plans. And I was just, I, by then I'd left the UK. I had a suitcase, a backpack and a suit carrier. And I was just like, okay, I just wait to see what happened. And someone would call me like, okay, hey, could you come here? And then I get there and I wouldn't know where I was going next. And I've got some hilarious stories about that, that time where it's like, there was even one time I ended up doing an event in Scotts Valley. Um, up near 1440 diversity in Northern California. And the event was for the day on the Sunday, I think it was. And I didn't know where I was going to be staying that night. I didn't know how I was leaving the event. I had no car. I was just in the middle of nowhere at this horse ranch, right? In the, in, and then one of the attendees like, hey, can I give you a lift somewhere? I'm like, I don't know really where I'm going to get a lift to. And then one of the attendees is like, hey, my family really want to meet you. Can you come and stay, come for dinner? I'm like, all right, cool. So I get a lift to the place. And then her son was like, I really like Daniel, who's like 15 years old. Um, can you ask him if he could stay? And I'm like, sure, I'll stay. <laughs> and then it ended up being that she was going somewhere a few days later, which ended up being right next to the train station that I needed to get to where I need to, where to, needed to go next. And it was just on and on, like, on and on like that. It was, it was wild seeing how deeply I was supported on the journey. That's incredible. Okay. Yeah. So now I have to know because. How do you, cause prior to this experience and even now, obviously like more so prior, you're an entrepreneur, you're like, you yeah. were, you're hustling, you're doing all the things you have all these businesses, you're successful. How do you go from someone who's listening also myself? How do you go from that to, um, I'm going to drop everything and I'm going to trust and I'm going to mm-hmm. surrender and, like, were there moments where, because you, you sometimes, you, I would assume you have to sit there and like twiddle your thumb, like on this summer that you're describing, while there's a part of my brain that would be like, I could be doing this, I could be doing <laughs> this. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite blessed that I had no distractions. All I had was the work at that time. Okay. All I had was the work. I didn't have a relationship. I wasn't dating. I wasn't in anything. It was just me and the work. That was it. And so I didn't have those things to do distractions. I literally just had me in the work. So I would say I was a bit bit easier. Hold on. But in the work, right? Like you're sitting there, you have like, like you have this big mission, you have this vision for how things are about to unfold. And during the summertime, I picture you like sitting there and you're getting invited to the different things. But is there a part of your brain that goes, I could be doing more or I could like do something different or I could generate more events for myself to go speak at. I could mm-hmm. nothing. So during the surrender experiment, there may have been a couple of times where that thought had started to kick up, but I was very committed to trying out the experiment. Okay. You did right? it three months, uh, about two and a half months. I did it for something crazy like that until I got to, um, the money game, my book money game, the game that actually that came from, came to me at the tail end. And when that game came and I started playing it and things started showing up, I knew that it was time to move on to something different. And so I finished playing the game and then I moved on to something else. And that's when, you know, six weeks later, not even that, a month later, I came to visit Cabo for three days. My friend wanted me to to check it out. I ended up staying here in Mexico. And so that moved into another level. And that's when, uh, you know, also I was very, 
So one of my danisms is when you allow God to speak to you through everything, he'll speak to, through anything, he'll speak to you through everything. Mm-hmm. And I kept getting these very, very clear messages. Like someone will say something and it's almost like a channeled voice. Have you ever seen one of those films where like someone gets taken over and like, so there's like a voice that comes through them and they don't realize what they said that was happened that sort of thing was happening to me all the time and a friend of mine was giving me a ride somewhere and he says i don't know why i need to tell you this but i feel that if you let the abundance and you'd be able to help a lot more people because up until that time i was just moving on my own dime right and i was blessed that people would give me somewhere to stay and so on so so the, the money was 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 okay but I hadn't been actively selling anything. I was putting things on for free. It was by donation only. I was paying off my own pocket. But when he said that to me, I said, oh, wow. Okay. So I opened up. Okay. And it was when I had, you know, those three days I was in Cabo, my first 10K month appeared within those few days. Mm. And then I said, oh, okay. Boom. And I started following the breadcrumbs on what was showing up. I had took the business to six figures in four months. And then it just grew and grew and grew and grew. And then, you know, it was seven figures a year later. Now we, you know, we do more with seven figures, but it was never my intention to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have, and there's a line in the surrender experiment that where Michael Singer says, I never had the time to be bored or something like that, because he said, I was always too busy doing the work the universe had given me to do. Mm. And I really feel that I was blessed to have that thing of, I was always, I always had something that was present for me to be present too. So I didn't really have as much mental downtime because there was always a very clear message. This is what you're on. This is what you're on. And that did give me a very, very deep relationship of trust with life. Mm, That's really good. Do you recommend that people do this? No, no, everyone's ready for it. Everyone's built for it. Not everyone's ready for it. If they're being called to do it, do you have any tips? Read the surrender experiment. Okay. Definitely. Um, Because a, Michael Singer is just a fascinating person because he's like some super spiritual guru that was like a billionaire, you know, had like a private jet. And so it's also really good to see that someone can be that deeply committed to spirituality, spiritual growth, and yet be a kick-ass person in the boardroom, right? So for that alone, but just watching his journey and how whenever it looked, and also just in, in, in terms of purpose changing, because his purpose shifted so many times on his journey. And he was always given something new to do. Um, but also just having that experience of a real person and watching their story and then try it for a day. Right. Try it for a week. Mm-hmm. Try it for two days. Try it for an afternoon. You don't have to go all in like I did. Right. <laughs> just throw your life into it. Um, but test the boundaries of where you're uncomfortable. Yeah. sit in that discomfort, but not so much. Like I would say, push your edge and not your buttons. Don't sit so deeply in the discomfort that you're unable to actually do anything at all. Yeah. I love that. Now I think that everyone relates to that. There's, there's so much that we can surrender to literally from getting your coffee all the way to <laughs> in traffic. <laughs> exactly. Traffic's a big one. Try, try doing it every morning, going through traffic and surrendering to it and see how you get on before you go for a full on surrender experiment. Yeah, totally. Awesome. So juicy. Thank you. So tell me, um, what are you up to nowadays and where can people find you? You've got some really cool things going on for you. Yeah. 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 Um, re-releasing my book, stepping beyond intention under Simon and Schuster's imprint is really interesting. I've always self-published. So working with a traditional publisher has been very, very interesting. Um, 
uh, very, very advanced in talks with another very well-known publisher in our field about my next book. That looks quite positive. We're wrapping up the proposal for that. Uh, my film is done. We're just doing the score at the moment. Barry Goldstein, who actually produces the music for Dr. Joe's Meditations, he's scoring my film right now. So we're just waiting for that. We've already signed the deal with Amazon Prime to put that out for free in the world. Uh, so those are the main things I'm sort of doing um i've got yeah my last alchemy of abundance is coming weekend and then i want to take a break from events and sort of really get clear on what i want to do next do i want to link it into what we're doing with the film do i want to link it in with what the next book will be so on and so forth but yeah the film um and the re-release of the book they're the big things happening for me right now can you tell everyone a, a bit about the film yeah. So the film's called Manifest Nation, and you can find out about it at manifestnationfilm.com. And what we've got, we've got a tenured neuroscientist, we've got a medical neurobiochemist, and we've got one of the scientists that worked on the MRI machine, in fact, one of the lead engineers on the MRI machine, Dr. Keith. And we've scientifically interrogated the concept of manifestation. So we're mm-hmm. taking some of these commonly held ideas about what manifestation is and what's happening and how you can make it work. And I've sat with scientists and asked their opinion on these ideas, and we basically bullshit tested manifestation through science so cool so when can we when can we watch it i'm really finger crossed if we finish the score in april i want a good month of promo so maybe may early june something like that is what we're shooting for with it yeah but it'll be on amazon you know be amazon so people be able to watch it for free and um and dive into it yeah that's amazing. Yeah. And um, if you're not already following Dan, follow him on Instagram, probably Facebook. He's everywhere. And uh, stay in touch with him as he launches all these really amazing things. So you can go and watch. I, I can't wait to watch it. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. But dreamwithdan.com, everything's on there. Links for everything and all the information, whatever's going on. Beautiful. And if you didn't capture that, that was dreamwithdan.com. And we'll put the link in the show notes as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for giving Thank me. Thank you, Azizam. So <laughs> you, threw in, you threw in your Farsi at, at <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So good to catch up with you on here. Thank and um, I can't wait to hear some feedback from this episode because I know that you you, uh, you this was impactful. This was an impactful converse, conversation. Thank you. I appreciate it. And um, I will see you around again. If you're not, if you haven't followed Dan yet, go follow him and tune in to the next episode of Secret Lives of Expanders. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me, and Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.